your engines. Uh, you're coming out about. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to this special Mother's Day edition of Jim Paris Live. And I want to uh, say hello to my wife. And uh, she is a great mom of three adult children. And we often have the discussion, is it more difficult being the mother of little kids or of adult children? And uh, it's different. It really is. And we've, we've had that discussion many times. We had a great day today and uh, went out to went to church with our two of our three kids and then uh, uh, went out to a great brunch afterwards. And uh, it's been a great day here. Beautiful weather in Florida. And happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers that are watching and listening tonight. And I want to start out with this uh, from Chuck Norris. <laughs> Only Chuck Norris's mother could actually li- is living right now. She's still living. She's 100 years old, Chuck Norris's mother. And he uh, honored her today and said, my mother has prayed for me all of my life. Chuck Norris's mother, 100 years old. Wow. Uh, Great, great to hear about that. Tonight, uh, of course, our first segment is packed with news. We have a special guest in our guest segment coming up in 28 minutes. Karen Foster is here. The book is titled Justice for Bonnie, the shocking true crime story of an Alaskan college student's murder and her mother's relentless crusade for the truth. Uh, This is a heart-wrenching story. And so bittersweet to do this interview on Mother's Day. Uh, wow. And I don't know, you know, if you may have seen the um, seen the Dateline NBC story, which I believe was in 2012. Uh, watched it again today. Uh, the book is out. The book is fascinating. Uh, it's just one of those stories. And, and uh, it's, it's fascinating to hear all the details and how they caught the bad guy and how justice was done and a tenacious mother. That story coming up. At the bottom of the hour next week, Sean Levy is here. Now you may remember him uh, as having been with us, I think three years ago, Uh, he's got a fantastic book and we're going to talk about it again. It's the history of one of Hollywood's oldest hotels, the Chateau Marmont. And there's so many stories, including the death of John Belushi. Um, So, so many stories and mysteries And that's going to be next week uh, as we delve into the history of the Chateau Marmont. Okay, so much to get into in tonight's news. Uh, I don't know if anybody really noticed this story. It didn't get a lot of traction. Uh, A Bill Gates-funded company this week released genetically modified mosquitoes in the United States. Now, I'm not a science person, so I can't explain to you what they did to modify the mosquitoes or even if this is a good thing. I just don't like the sound of it. And it's always one of those things where, 
you know, when you get into genetically modifying things, whether it is plants, whether it is, you know, some of these strange approaches to these vaccines, and now we're genetically modifying mosquitoes, uh, I'm sure there's a good purpose or a good reason behind it. But, ah, you know, (laughs) I saw Jurassic Park. So I know that bad things happen when science means well, and then there are unintended consequences. And so that story is uh, sort of floating out there, not getting a lot of traction. But speaking of Bill Gates, what is getting a lot of traction is there is now a growing backstory that this uh, this epic divorce happening between Bill and Melinda Gates, who have been married for 27 years. And, you know, this is kind of sad on one level, and I'm hearing more about this, about couples that are married 25 years, 30 years, and longer getting divorced. I don't know if it's related to COVID and all the extra stress that we've all been through, but this seems to be a, a, a pattern emerging. In any case, the backstory is, uh, from all reports, that this divorce has been in the works for maybe a couple of years. And apparently one of the major stressors, if we're to believe the reports, uh, is the, uh, the connection of Bill Gates to Jeffrey Epstein and his wife not being happy about uh, him uh, seeing, uh, you know, having meetings with Jeffrey Epstein. And so, you know, they tried to minimize this, you know, back when this came out. Now, this was, of course, that all of, all of the these meetings between Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein and reports are that Gates was actually on a flight from New York to Palm Beach. Um, there's no record of Gates being on any of those flights to the uh, you know strange island or any of that nonsense. Uh, but there is uh, there are a number of reports of of multiple meetings between the two men. Now this would have been after Jeffrey Epstein was a convicted. A sexual offender these meetings would have taken place which really does put it into a very i don't know curious context that why would a guy who is all the money in the world more money than you could ever spend risk his name and reputation to meet with jeffrey epstein i don't know i don't have the answer i'm not throwing it out there rhetorically as if i know the answer and i'm implying anything i don't know it just literally makes no sense to me uh, nor does any of these other prominent people that continued to stay in contact with Jeffrey Epstein. And, and I'm still not convinced that we really know where Epstein's money uh, has come from. But in any case, because so much is happening, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell is still being held in, in federal uh, prison awaiting trial. So much is happening. And now the Bill Gates story, uh, we put our feelers out to... Uh, reporter Dylan Howard, uh, who, of course, wrote the book Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Uh, and I think we're, we're, we're booking him. I believe he'll be here uh, in a couple of weeks. That is not confirmed, but that was what I heard just before we went live from my producer, that Dylan Howard will be back. And there's going to be so much to get into, including this whole you know new updated Bill Gates angle. I don't know if you saw this story. A 10-story, 23-ton Chinese rocket crashed back to Earth this weekend. Uh, Thank God it it ended up in the Indian Ocean. And I love how they always describe this. They they say, yeah, this big giant piece of space junk or or a rocket or a satellite is going to be coming to Earth. But look, the Earth is 70% water. 
So chances are it's not going to hit anybody. It's not going to land at anybody, but it could. <laughs> I mean, 70% water, but it's 30% not water. And yet, if you look at the, you know, the globe, you know, from space, even the land masses are mostly in the United States and, and really all over the world. Um, there's very little percentage that is really covered by, you know, housing projects and densely populated areas. There's a tremendous high percentage of this earth, not just the ocean, uh, but also the land areas that are not populated. I mean, look at places like, you know, Alaska, you know, um, I mean, uh, you know, north of Alaska, uh, Iceland, all these areas. Uh, there's a lot of areas that are, are very uh, unpopulated, a lot large parts of Africa. Uh, there's many desert areas around the globe that are unpopulated. But this is a big but, you know, it could have <laughs> it could have landed on your house, could have landed on my house. I don't know. You would just think in this day and age of all these fancy missiles and lasers and sending things into space and rockets returning from space and and landing back where they took off from all this technology that we're not just allowing these giant things to just fall from Earth and then roll the dice that, hey, you know, maybe this thing could have landed on New York City or landed on Disney World or, or who knows where. Uh, but I guess that's what we're still doing. And because of something this large, it doesn't just burn up uh, in the atmosphere. Smaller things do, but not something this large. So apparently the uh, the wreckage of the rocket has been uh, found to have landed in the Indian Ocean. Uh, Anthony Fauci uh, is back <laughs> every day in the news. There's something about him. And so. You know, what's what's really curious about this is you just wonder, like, what are they not telling us? I, I, I And that's, again, not another rhetorical question, not a conspiracy theory implied. I'm just asking the question, what are they not telling us? Because it seems like incremental deception, because even when Biden got into office, he said, we're going to have everybody, you know, vaccinated that wants to be vaccinated uh, you know, by May or June. And, and that looks like it's happening. Uh, and, and that's great, but not everybody wants to be vaccinated, but there still seems to be, I mean, w with the cases dropping with so many of us having been vaccinated, it doesn't seem like we're seeing any type of, I don't know, like, like even just incremental freedoms increasing, you know, I still go to the grocery store. They want you to wear the mask. At most of the restaurants around here, they still want you to wear the mask. Not everywhere. It's it's loosening up just a tiny bit. But here's what Fauci said. Um, you just wonder what this guy's thinking. He said, next by next Mother's Day, things may be back to normal. Um, and th this is what he said, you know, this this week by next Mother's Day. So we're talking about like a year from now that maybe we're still going to be under a bunch of restrictions. I posted this on my uh, social media this week that the CDC is still saying that summer camp guidelines are to be fully masked up with six foot distancing, even when the kids are outside, which to me, it just blows my mind because wasn't it the CDC that said, no, it's not really six foot that we could do three foot. And now they're going back to the six foot and now they're going back to the outside. Everybody has to be fully masked, even though I think we've known that for, for like at least six or eight months that the outside is fine. But I'm still seeing people. I saw a lady today. I was uh, riding my motorcycle. She's completely by herself. Nobody is around her. She's she's totally masked up out walking by herself. Nobody anywhere near her. 
totally masked up. And there's just some people that are just holding on to this and they don't want to let it go. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, one of the things that kind of scares me a little bit is it doesn't seem like there's any connection between people getting vaccinated and then the masks going away. Like, I don't know if it was officially said, but it really seemed to be implied that if we got vaccinated, that we could get away from the masks. But I'm not really seeing that. So I've had the first shot and then this week I get the second shot. So I'll be fully vaccinated, but yet I'm still being forced to wear the mask. And uh, I've got a flight this month coming up in a couple weeks. I'll be flying. I'm going to be forced to wear the mask the entire flight. Uh, anywhere I go, really, I mean, with with a few exceptions here and there, um, the masks are being required. Now, our state has uh, statewide government offices are now changing the signs from mask required to mask recommended. But I don't know. I was just hoping or thinking or praying that things would be more relaxed than they are by now. Uh, but now we're taught we're moving the goalposts. So remember, it all started with uh, two weeks to 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 slow the curve or to flatten the curve two weeks. Then it became a month. Then it was six month lockdowns and in almost a year lockdowns in some areas. Uh, and now we're talking about a year from now, a year and a month after all that. And we're talking about another year, according to Fauci, before things go back to normal. I don't know. I just shake my head. All right, before we get into and there's a ton more news to get into here in our news segment, but just quickly to mention tonight's sponsor, keeping us commercial free and paying the bills, paying for the expenses of tonight's uh, broadcast is Internet Paycheck for Life.com. Internet Paycheck for Life.com. Everyone, you know, has been asking me to start the course back up again. I did this for seven years from 2008 to 2015, teaching people all of the different ways I make money over the internet, including podcasting, including live broadcasting, including writing books, including blogging uh, and video. All of the stuff that I do to make my full-time living online is taught in my new course, and you can check it out for free. There are three lessons that are free. There's also a $17 sort of kick the tires mini version of the class if you want to just try it out to see if it might be for you tonight's sponsor keeping us commercial free internet paycheck for life.com check it out internet paycheck for life.com here's another story uh, again going back to the whole masking thing and all of that and i know some states are just i don't know they they're just completely fixated on being totally masked up and it's all about the science, right? But then it's not because listen to this story. Uh, apparently three freshmen uh, college students at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, three freshman college females have been suspended from college, uh, meaning they've lost, I guess they've lost all their money that they've paid, their scholarships, everything. They're suspended from college. And here's why they're suspended. This did not happen on campus. This did not happen inside of a building anywhere on campus or even off campus. But get this, I had to read this story twice. And I also went and checked this from several sources because I honestly thought there's no way this could be true. These three young college students, these three young ladies, 
are suspended from college because they were caught being outside off campus without masks on. I'm not kidding you. They were off campus. They were outside and didn't have masks on. And as a result, they've been suspended from college. This is all over the news. You can Google search this and you would you would not believe it if if I you know were sitting having dinner or having a cup of coffee and I told you this you'd say no way you you got to be you know spinning this Jim Paris you've got to be leaving something out and that's what I thought when I first saw the story that there is no way that three kids would lose their college uh, be suspended out of college for not wearing a mask but this didn't even happen on campus. This happened off campus and it wasn't even indoors. It was outdoors and yet they're kicked out of college Unreal, but true. And the insanity continues on the national average for gasoline is now officially above $3 per gallon. Now, if you live in these high tax states like California and Illinois, you're probably north of $4 a gallon. But the nationwide average is now north of $3 a gallon. That's the average. And I posted this on Facebook yesterday. And I asked my followers on Facebook, are you noticing inflation in your life? And if you're seeing inflation in your budget, in your spending, uh, you know, where is it? And most everybody said, yes, they were. Uh, and I'm hearing the same thing, gasoline, uh, groceries, those kinds of things, you know, everyday expenses are the two major things that, that people pointed to. And I'll tell you, if there's one thing that you don't want to do, I mean, if you, if you really want to hurt the, the average working person, if you really want to hurt the average working person, then push the price of gas up because everybody has to buy gas. Uh, to get to work. Uh, most people, even if you're working from home, you still need gas to get around town. A lot of people I know are, are back to commuting 45 minutes to an hour to get into the big city. And, uh, you know, $3 in a, uh, per gallon average of gas in some areas like on the West Coast are $4, uh, close to $5 I've read. Uh, it's, it's just insane. And that was one thing that was a real financial dividend under Trump was the, the low gas prices. You just had to love those under $2 a gallon gas prices. It really does help everybody across the board. And this was uh, made worse by the fact that there was a cyber attack. I don't know if you read this. There was a cyber attack that closed a major gas pipeline. This happened a couple of days ago, but according to news reports tonight, this gas pipeline is still closed um, for the most part. They said the major part of the pipeline still remains closed. Minor arteries are beginning to open, but the main uh, gas pipeline, now this pipeline supplies uh, fuel to 45% of the East Coast of the United States. And this pipeline was shut down by a cyber attack. Now, we don't know who is behind the cyber attack, but these are usually government actors. That means it's North Korea, it's China. Uh, you know, those would be the likely suspects. Uh, but that's 
also going to have to be baked into this kind of a shortage maybe going into this week. Uh, my wife and I, we filled up the cars just because, you know, who knows what could happen. Uh, you know, some of the gas stations, I know the one right by our house here, they did run out of gas yesterday. I'm not hearing from a lot of people that they weren't able to find gas. Uh, perhaps they can bring it in from other areas because of this pipeline being shut down. Uh, but yeah, uh, all because of a cyber attack. Now this story is, is interesting. I don't know if how many of you, uh, listening and watching tonight actually read revolver news. It's a very uh, interesting online publication that dares to go where nobody will go. And um, they have been doing some research trying to determine who actually shot uh, Ashley Babbitt. Now, Ashley Babbitt is the young lady Air Force veteran that was shot and killed inside the Capitol on January the 6th. She was unarmed, and this is what a lot of people are asking. Uh, you know, why why is this case being treated differently than other cases in the news? You know, if we have an unarmed person shot, uh, people will go out, riot, burn down cities, all of that. Well, we have an unarmed woman that was shot uh, in the Capitol on January the 6th. And um, by all reports, she was just there. There, you know. And look, this is what we're finding out: um, is that there was some level of confusion, and some people that went into the Capitol didn't realize that they weren't supposed to be there. In fact, there's videos of the Capitol police actually opening up the doors. Yes, there were some in there that were violent, that were destructive, uh, and clearly were doing terrible things, and they should be prosecuted. But by all accounts, Ashley Babbitt, this Air Force veteran, was just in there, you know, just in there looking around, seeing what was going on. And uh, she got shot. And we still to this day, according to this report from Revolver News, we still don't know what officer shot her or we don't have any of the information. It's just kind of being kept secret. And so um, there is... A video and in this video if you go to revolver news you can watch it there is a a french cuff uh, sleeve and on the other end of the sleeve you could see the french cuff white sleeve and then you can see the the gun and and that's all you see and so apparently because of the french cuff sleeve and the type of gun that it was and where it was i think they're close according to this article to figuring out who fired um the fatal shot um but th there seems to be no appetite for any investigation into this they're saying that the officer or whoever was involved has been cleared and they're not even telling anyone who it was and the uh, family of ashley babbitt apparently has filed a civil lawsuit and and more will come out but it just seems like a double standard i'm not suggesting uh, you know, probably nobody should have been in the Capitol. I mean, that's probably the reality of it. I understand some people were in there that were just curious. Some were filming other things. Some were in there being violent and just destructing, uh, being destruct, uh, uh, causing destruction in, in the building. I get all that. And those people should be prosecuted. But from every story I've read, there's no, no one was in there armed. Nobody was in there with firearms. None of the 
protesters were in there with firearms. So the idea of somebody being shot, not not sure that that could be justified in, in other contexts. It wouldn't be uh, justified. So in any case, more on that over at Revolver News and this story from New York City, the New York baseball stadiums are going to have two sections, one for the fans that are vaccinated and another section for the fans that are unvaccinated. And I put this up on my social media and I've gotten a pretty wide range of reactions to it. Some people say, hey, this is this is brilliant for those that don't want to be vaccinated. They can hang out with the unvaccinated people. And for those that are vaccinated, they can go sit with others that are vaccinated. I'm not sure that I really have an opinion on it either way. I just think it's interesting how they're dealing with this and whether they officially call the vaccine uh, a coat, whether they call this a, a, a COVID-19 vaccine passport or whatever method, there's going to have to be some means by which they're going to identify who is vaccinated going forward. So as much as we're hearing from the government, no, we're not going to do a vaccine passport. I don't know. There's going to have to be some way to verify who's vaccinated because this is going to become, for example, they're opening up Western Europe uh, to uh, Americans this summer for travel, but you're going to have to prove you're vaccinated. So there's going to have to be some kind of proof of it. And we've already got some of these sort of hybrid answers coming into play. This idea of the New York baseball stadiums uh, separating the vaccinated and unvaccinated fans. That'll be interesting, right? When they got to pan the crowd to see like which section is, you know, who's going to be more rowdy. It's probably the unvaccinated people. I'm just guessing are going to be the more rowdy, uh, the more rowdy fans at the games. Uh, Disney uh, is, is now confirming that, that employees are going through training um, and they're teaching their employees uh, about so-called systemic racism and they're telling employees to reject the concept of of equality or what we're hearing is a critical race theory concept that a lot of schools are. I'm not really sure why this has to be pushed in the workplace, um, but it is. And apparently Disney's involved in it. A lot of people are upset about it. Um, and of course, there's there's a hundred reasons to boycott Disney. I don't need to add another reason, uh, you know, another log to the fire on that. Uh, but a lot of people are upset to hear about that. You've got to wonder, like with the schools, why are we getting into all of these issues of sexuality and all these other things in the schools? Can we just educate kids in the schools and leave some of that uh, to parents at home? Uh, and the same thing here, you know, people go to work to make a living. Um, you know, I know normal HR things need to be taught to people, but you know, why, why do they have to get into these areas, uh, to, to create, in my view, it creates an animosity between the races. When you start basically lay the premise that there's nothing, for example, that a white person can do, uh, to actually be, uh, I don't know, uh, apologetic enough or sorry enough. Uh, to try to make things right. And, and that sort of seems to be the premise with a lot of this training, which I'm not really sure what good uh, can come from that. Uh, okay. And then lastly, we'll close it out with this Dogecoin, D-O-G-E-C-O-I-N. You may have not, not have heard of it. It is a cryptocurrency. It is kind of like Bitcoin, 
The reason I'm mentioning it is Elon Musk was on Saturday Night Live last night. And I guess just as a joke, and by the way, Dogecoin, which is a cryptocurrency, it's like the fourth largest cryptocurrency now, was actually the creators of it created it as a joke. It was it was never meant to be a serious cryptocurrency. But uh, Elon Musk has tweeted about it. And there was some thought that maybe if he was on Saturday Night Live guest hosting last night, this might cause Dogecoin uh, to go up. And it didn't. <laughs> it went down 11 percent. So I don't know if that's sort of a, uh, a thumbs down on Elon Musk beyond SNL. I didn't see it. Uh, so I don't know how he did, how well he did or not. Uh, but in any case, I've got a lot of emails coming in asking me because I've written the book on Bitcoin. Do I like Dogecoin? And the answer is no, I don't. Um, it, it was never launched to be a serious cryptocurrency. And the truth is, the biggest problem is there's no maximum supply. So when you look at the serious cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ripple XRP, these are cryptocurrencies that have a maximum supply. So if you have a maximum supply, then obviously, you know, you can count on there being some baseline for value. But you don't have that when you have a coin that has no maximum supply, similar to the U.S. dollar, which can have which has no maximum supply. Uh, so in these inflationary days that we're going into, you certainly really don't want to be involved with a coin uh, that has no maximum supply. So that's sort of my opinion on it. A lot of you would have asked me about it. I've emailed a lot of people individually on it. For those I haven't answered yet, uh, there's your answer. All right, we're going to take a one-minute break. When we come back, our special guest is with us as we talk about the book, Justice for Bonnie. This this is going to really tug on your heartstrings tonight, but there is a great ending in that they did get the bad guy. Uh, a lot of things to... Uh, learn from this story and uh, a fascinating um, just uh, pursuit of justice that took many, many years. But in the end, they did get the bad guy. The shocking true crime story of an Alaskan college student's murder and her mother's relentless crusade for the truth. We'll refire the open. We'll be back in one minute with our special guest, Karen Foster. Stay 